Let's go into a Monday edition. Good to be back. Not really, rather be on vacation, but it's good to be here. You know, having a job and working. Steely with don't I got like. that dog in him, folks. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, let's be honest. Would we would you rather be working on or on vacation? You're, I remind you, you are under oath, sir. Okay, I would rather be on vacation. Okay. You win. You win. Well, look, I'm not saying we don't have a great gig here. We do, and I love the people I work with here. It's good to be back, but I would rather be on vacation. I'm not going to lie. Hey, listen, Steely, you're only like five years away from permanent vacation. That's exactly right. That was an Aerosmith album back in the day, by the way. I believe, or a song, one of the two. Anyway, uh, good to be back. I hope I can still do this. It's really weird when you come back. At least in this situation, I always feel like, all right, can I still do this? I'm not sure. Because I hadn't played golf in five months, Parker, and I went out yesterday, and I could not do that. Really? I can tell you. I had three words to describe yesterday. Tragic, pathetic, and comical. That bad, huh? Oh, yeah. And uh, it should be worse than that. But it was not good. Anyway, how you doing? How's everything? I tell you what, Steely, it was an eventful weekend. I'll say that much. Uh, did I see Our- a crystal ball for a Winery? You did indeed. But He's only the number one defensive lineman in America, right? Yes, only the number one defensive lineman in America. Only a guy that Oklahoma jumped into the lead for after hosting him on an unofficial visit this weekend. And my thing has always been I thought it would be tougher in the end for Oklahoma to attain that lead than maintain it, Steely. So now that Oklahoma's in the lead... I think they're going to be tough to beat for Will Nguyenary. Moreover, our boy Ronnie Crimson has been putting in the work on the recruiting trail, Steely. That's what I'm hearing. It's he and Gerald McCoy that have been doing a lot of work for OU. Well, get this. David Stone's lead recruiter at Michigan State, old Brandon Jordan, took a pass rush specialist job with the Seattle Seahawks. So now, Ooh, how about that? Now that we huh? have Marco Coleman, the defensive line coach, departing Michigan State this offseason to go coach at his alma mater, Georgia Tech. But you got Brandon Jordan, who was Michigan State's ace in the hole in recruiting David Stone. Now he is no longer in East Lansing, and it looks for all the world like Ronnie Crimson and the Oklahoma Sooners are even more so than they were before in line to land a commitment from not just the number one defensive lineman in the country in Will Nguyenary, but the number two defensive lineman in David Stone. And, uh, you know, when you talk about things we need to do, you sit down, you sit down for a meeting when you're the OU staff, right? When you sure. you realize that you're going to the SEC. And after Muleshoe took his pansy, you know, buttocks to, ca- to California for the easy way out, uh, you, you get together and you think, all right, besides facilities, everything else we're going to need money-wise to go to the SEC – what do we need, first and foremost, player-wise, to really be the Oklahoma we need to be and be a serious factor where we can get up there on the same level right now with Georgia and Alabama and be the Oklahoma we need to be to be a, a blue blood again and be a powerhouse in the SEC and have a chance to win the league and win national titles? You need better interior defensive linemen, number one, right? And if you get the top two in the country, I'd say that's a pretty good deal going into the Southeastern Conference. And you're feeling really good about that right now. But really, I know you are on the wary, when airy. I always want to put the N in there again. But um, 
forward. David Stone, do you still think, even though it looks good, and I know you've always said you think he's going to wind up at Oklahoma, but the Sooners and uh, defensive tackles named David, yeah. there's a history there. There is a history there, and look, I'm not saying it's going to be more the same. I'm not going to. I'm not saying it's going to be deja vu, same song, second verse, but I'm just telling you right now, Steely, if there is going to be a real heartbreaker in this class among Oklahoma's elite priority targets, it's going to be David Stone. And as I've said many a time, it has little to do with David Stone and a lot to do with the folks around David Stone. No, no. The folks around are never good. There's always an uncle, Steely. I know. There's always an uncle. You yourself have one. You know, you should have worked for it yourself, uncle, all right? Instead of relying on, you know, the nephew to bankroll you, okay? I mean, that's what happened to Marcus Dupree, right? Nothing changed. We're just talking about Parker literally just said, if anything could break Oklahoma fans' heart, Heart, collective hearts, it would be maybe David Stone down the stretch. Now, what about the other two defensive linemen? Zadavian Nigel Smith, Zadavian Sims? Mm-hmm. Still confident that Oklahoma leads for both of those two. More confident with Smith than with Sims. But again, Sims is a guy, Steely, where honestly, the it seemed like the battle for him was going to be between OU and Michigan State. Well, now you got Marco Coleman and Brandon Jordan no longer in East Lansing. So, the same reason that Michigan State's trending down for David Stone is also the same reason why they'll be trending down for Zadavian Sims before long. So the percentage chances right now that Oklahoma gets all four are what? 33%? Maybe could you go up as high as 50%? The chances they get all four are still slim, Steely, because I mean, that's a that's hard one to pull off right all. there. That That's a hard one to pull off. I, I would say 15%. But if you get three of the four, man, that's yeah, a grand slam. Four, I that's think a there's a real slam. good chance at this point because yeah. Nwaneri was the one that I was most reticent about. And is that and because you blows the doors off this weekend on the unofficial visit, and all of a sudden they're the leaders in the clubhouse there? So right now they lead for all four of those guys. Now, how it's a early? Of, how early could Nwaneri commit to Oklahoma? It's not going to be till July at the earliest. So there's a lot of time to wait. There is a lot of time. However, OU's got relationships working in their favor. He's been to campus now five times. The official visit will be six. And so I am – I think the guy that I'm concerned about Oklahoma's ability to maintain the lead with, if there is one of the three that I'm worried about, it's David Stone at this point. I did not expect them to be leading for Will Nwaneri this early on the calendar. I thought it could happen at some point down the line, but I'll be honest – if you'd told me Thursday night, hey, you're going to be entering a crystal ball for Will Nwaneri to Oklahoma by the end of the weekend, I'd said probably not. In all likelihood, my answer is no. But here we are. And again, when we're talking about uh, Winnery, we are talking about a Gerald McCoy, a Tommy Harris type get for Oklahoma. So that would be big time. They they obviously would be thrilled to get that uh, commitment and later signature. But if you're leading right now, that's a good situation for OU. Bottom line is still no commitment in this class yet. When do you expect that commitment to happen? And who are you leaning towards still now? Has anything changed in terms of first commitment for OU? I'll be honest, and I feel like everybody's so caught up in the newness, the novelty, the magnitude of the lead that Oklahoma has established for Nguyenary that 
we've been on the air 10 minutes now, Steely, and we haven't even spoken the name Michael Hawkins. And let me tell you what, if that isn't over after this past weekend, it's very close to it. Will Oklahoma there be, made some, are you putting a number on uh, potential commitments this week? Would you go one and a half this week? I'd take the under at one and a half this week. Next two weeks then? Now, I think there are a couple guys, not Hawkins and not Nguyenary, that could drop at any time. And I don't want to say too much more than that, but, you know, people who follow recruiting, people who are tuned into this type of thing, people who are VIPs over on OUinsider.com might have a good idea of who I'm referring to. I think there are a couple guys that if they just popped out of nowhere, it wouldn't surprise me. That said, my money on who the first commit is, I'm still rolling with Michael Hawkins, and I think it happens within two to three weeks. Now, I want to be clear. I said I think. I don't know for a fact that it happens in the next two to three weeks. If three weeks from now, Michael Hawkins still hasn't committed to the University of Oklahoma, I don't want you people blowing up the text line and telling me I lied to you. I think this recruitment is over by the end of March. Hmm. And I think we are getting imminently close to a decision from Hawkins. Oh, you offered the younger brother, Malik, this past weekend as well. Saw that. Those two are going to play together. They Wherever they go, they will be going together. And I am inclined to believe at this time the odds are strong that they're both going to the University of Oklahoma. All right, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line right off the bat, saw Stone posting a lot about A&M. Are they a major player now that Michigan State is supposedly out? Well, let's, let's rewind about a month or so, Steely. You remember what I said about David Stone and the arc of that recruitment? I said, look, in the end, it's not Michigan State I'm most worried about with David Stone. It would be a school like a Texas A&M or an Alabama. So Stone did visit A&M this past week, posted quite a bit about him. I don't know if I don't know if they're a serious player, at least not to the extent that Michigan State was perceived to be quite yet. But yes, they're in it. I think with Michigan State now hamstrung in this race no Marco Coleman no Brandon Jordan I think somebody's going to have to catch OU at this point there are a lot of ways you could go about catching Oklahoma in the race for David Stone's commitment but I I also don't get the sense it's going to be strictly an OU A&M battle there are probably a couple other schools that are going to make a run at David Stone as well and have some teeth in that battle there you go. All right, so that's the latest. We'll deep dive into it a little, uh, well, a little deeper is what we'll do. Uh, we'll get our scuba gear on. Well, Parker will go very deep. I'll, uh, I'll just skim the surface. That's what I do. And I ask Parker, hey, what's down there recruiting-wise? That's what I do. But uh, we'll do that here in a little bit. We want to thank our opening hour sponsors. We always do. Last year, Home Comfort Systems, they're family-owned and operated, servicing the greater OKC area since 2007. Call them. They'll do great work for you. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. The number, 405-579-3113. Good to be back. And uh, look at the text flying in. We'll be right back here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. When will the levy break and the Sooners see some commitments come rolling in? 
Hopefully soon, hopefully soon, no doubt about it. Welcome in. Good to be back here on a Monday. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope you had a good weekend. Air Comfort Solutions text line is buzzing, 405-651-3439. We have Jesse Crittenden joining us. Now working with Parker at 247 Sports OU Insider. Coming up at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, so what other uh, tidbits do you have from the weekend in terms of big names who were here again for people who kind of want to know, all right, who are some of the other prospects I need to know about that were in town this weekend? Um, Just any other tidbits you want to pass along about the weekend that was for OU? Yeah, sounds like Oklahoma made some major headway with edge rusher Joseph Jonah Ionje out of the state of Texas. It's a guy that they seemingly have a much better shot at than they did heading into the weekend. Uh, OU certainly made some good headway in the recruitment of Kellen Lindstrom as well, four-star defensive lineman out of Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Xavier Robinson, homegrown kid from Carl Albert, that's a guy that I I think he's going to end up in the class. I'm probably overdue for a crystal ball prediction on Xavier Robinson. And then uh, there were some guys that didn't make the trip. The Lumen brothers, Ty Cool and Ty Clean from down in Miami. Uh, they elected not to make the trip, but they're going to be back up to Oklahoma at some point later this spring. I think what's really refreshing, though, is most I, in most years past, I think it would be a big deal if you had two edge rushers as good as the Lumen brothers that were supposed to come to Oklahoma, were posting about it on social media, were ostensibly super excited to make the trip, and then boom. They don't show up. That would be big news coming out of most junior days. But given how much progress Oklahoma made towards securing a commitment from Will Nguyenary this past weekend, I'm not I'm not sure anyone really cares that the Lumens didn't come to town. I will say, I talked to a source over the weekend, Steely, that said, and as I've mentioned, Will Nguyenary is not going to commit until July or August. He has a timeline that he's going to stick to. He has a whole bunch of visits that he's going to take in March and April. Even despite all that, I talked to a source, a very authoritative one at that over the weekend, that told me Oklahoma came really, really close to getting a verbal from Will Nguyenary on Saturday. Well, you know, I know there's a certain uh, group of people out there that don't even – you know, think about or want to even consider it until it's almost signing day. That's kind of a small percentage out there right now. But but the first step would be getting a commitment. You know, that's always good news. Doesn't mean you're going to sign the kid. We know that, but that would be a great first step for Oklahoma. So, you know, you look down this list right now in 2024, and you've got a bunch of schools who already have, some have, I think, you know, I think the most I've seen is seven commitments. Tech, well, Florida State has nine Georgia has 10 already. LSU has 10, actually. Um, And the Sooners don't have one yet. How much of that is Oklahoma's procedure when it comes to recruits and visits? All of it. All of it is. That's it, right? That's the reason they don't have any commitments. I can't can't tell you how many guys have wanted to commit to Oklahoma but have ended up not giving – the staff their verbal because they want to be able to enjoy the process and take more unofficials and take some OVs. To be honest, if that visit policy weren't in place, maybe Will Nguyenary is committed to Oklahoma right now. I know of several other guys that would be committed to Oklahoma right now if that were the case. But that is the confidence that Venables and this staff have 
in what they have built and are building at Oklahoma, they're content to sit back and say, hey, don't feel the na- don't feel the need to make a snap decision. Take all your visits. See everywhere you want to see. At the end of it all, we still believe you're going to like Oklahoma better than whatever other options you have on the table. And that philosophy ensures that you don't have guys – I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, to be honest, <laughs> Peyton Bowen. Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. If you're if you're Notre Dame, if you were a Notre Dame fan and you had a kid like Peyton Bowen committed to your school for dang near a year, but all he was doing every single weekend of that year was visiting other schools, you'd get fed up with it at a certain point, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And you think of other examples in the 2023 class, and uh, the first one was Ashton Cozart, right? Yes. Uh, you know, who took the trip to Oregon, and guess what? It, it was, it was, that was it. Gone. Then you think of other guys who maybe in a roundabout way tested the system a little bit. Um, Anthony Evans. Uh, Colton Vosick. Colton Vosick. And, and what's the common denominator between those two? Neither of them ended up at Oklahoma. Exactly. Texas and Georgia. And, it and almost, the, staff, the staff made exceptions for those two they guys. Did. They said, hey – and. Evans and Vosick both told him, hey, we're locked in with Oklahoma, but we want to go take this one visit. And the staff said, okay. I doubt they're going to say okay in the future, well, those types of things. that's again like, you know, you've got a girlfriend you think's committed, particularly in your younger years, and says, you know what, I want to go out with Jimmy just as friends. Would that be okay? And you're probably going to say, no. If you're committed, you're committed. You're not taking other visits with Jimmy. Even though he's a friend, that's it. Guess what? How many times does the friend end up being the the commitment down the road? A decommitment from you yeah. to Jimmy. Well, so yes, it's the whole fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, hell no. There you right. go. Johnny from UConn wants to know about Kobe Black. Ah, who's in. the five star cornerback out of Waco, Texas, Kobe Black. All I'm going to say is, yeah, it does look like Oklahoma's in good shape as far as Kobe Black's recruitment goes. But if Jay Valai pulls that one off, throw the man a parade. Because if there is one position at which you are not used to seeing five-star players commit to the University of Oklahoma, it is cornerback, Steely. yeah. Think about it. Who was the last five-star cornerback to commit to Oklahoma? I'm legitimately (laughs) asking because I legitimately don't know the answer. It has been forever. Yeah, uh, somebody's going to answer us on the text line. Ty from Bartlesville. (laughs) Was there a Jimmy in Steely's life at some point? Oh, yeah, I got Jimmy a lot. Yeah, I got Jimmy a lot. So, no. I mean, yes. Many times. And I allowed the visits to happen. You know what? But then again, you can't be the controlling freak either. But, yes, there were some Jimmys back in the day. All right, Steely, since you've seen decades of Sooners come through, who would you say was the hardest-hitting defensive player of all time at OU? Uh, One that would be underrated would be Jerry Anderson from the 70s. Uh, Safety. Bosworth was one of them. Um, Ricky Dixon could deliver some hits. Um, I'm trying to think who else – Jerry Anderson was was kind of a headhunter back there. Roy Williams could deliver some hits, but I Bosworth would particularly uh, you know, when he was uh, you know, on a blitz, 
was really good. I'm sure there's some others I'm leaving out. But Jerry Anderson is Scott Case. That's a good one, Sooner Soldier. Really good one. Uh, Clint Ingram says, guys, Scott Hill had the best hit I've seen. Yes, the one on Tony Dorsett um, back in the day when Oklahoma beat Pitts when Pitt came to town. And, uh, yeah, that, I was there in the uh, in the north end zone that day, and I saw that hit, Scott Hill on Tony. He was Dorsett back in the day. Actually, they called him Tony Dorsett back in the day, and he later became Tony Dorsett. Uh, what is the latest, the linebacker from Georgia, somebody's asking about? Sammy Brown. By yeah. the way, several people have hit the text line and said, Buki was a five-star. There might have been some recruiting service out there that had Buki listed as a five-star, but we go by the 24-7 sports composite here, and per the 24-7 sports composite, Buki was not a five-star. He was close. Gentry Williams was reasonably close, too, but... Neither of those guys were five stars. Um, Sammy Brown, the five-star linebacker out of the state of Georgia, will visit Oklahoma in early April. There is no latest on him until that visit happens. Don't expect there to be any substantial movement between Oklahoma and Sammy Brown until he visits campus. But right now, it's Clemson, Georgia, OU. That's the top tier for Brown. Now, it wasn't that long ago. You rewind a year, Oklahoma was in a three-way battle with Georgia and Ohio State for Troy Bowles, right? And the Sooners came very, very close to pulling that one off. Troy Bowles ended up committing to Georgia. Georgia is right there in Sammy Brown's backyard, as is Clemson. So the Sooners are going to have to turn away two local powerhouses to be able to get his commitment. But it could happen. He's already planning on an official visit to Oklahoma after his early April unofficial. So it's something to watch, something to keep in mind. A five-star linebacker, especially from that region of the country, would be a massive statement for Brent Venables. Oh, huge. Absolutely. No doubt about it. All right. I was just looking at the Sooners app. Is it true that a five-star long snapper, and Jake Helms from Austin was in town over the weekend, a five-star long snapper? Uh, I don't know who ranks long snappers or how. But no long snapper is a five-star long snapper, at least relative to every other position on the football field. You may have an exclusive long snapper ranking system that ranks long snappers relative to one another, but no long snapper is good enough that in the greater context of the recruiting rankings, they would ever be anywhere close to a five-star, a four-star, or even a three-star for that matter. There's a good one from the 405, and you're exactly right, 405. Brandon Everidge and Rufus would knock your head off. There two other good ones right there. Brandon Everidge, man, we lost him too soon, right? I mean, uh, what a great player he was uh, in the early days of the Bob Stoops era. All right, uh, why don't we take a break to stay on the clock right here. We'll get back to some text. We're going to talk a little sooner basketball as well here from Porter Moser and Tanner Groves on Oklahoma's beatdown of TCU over the weekend. Jekyll and Hyde, man, for OU basketball. Just when you think they're not going to win again, what do they do? They go win a couple games. <laughs> you know, crazy. But uh, Bedlam round three, Wednesday night, 830 in Kansas City. We'll talk about that as well. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Monday edition. Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans. Sooner fans used to winning. Yes, last year football-wise was uh, was not what they expected. 
but they are winners. And you will find winners at Riverwind Casino as well, over 2,800 electronic games. They always have uh, great promotions. This month we're looking at the 20K Countdown to Concerts promotion happening right now through March 18th. Get out there and play until March 18th and earn one point, one, uh, five points rather on one entry for every uh, time you play with your Riverwind wild card. Be out there at the casino at Riverwind Saturday, March 18th. The drawings will start at 7 o'clock through 11.30 p.m. They award a total of $20,000 in cash and bonus play in the preliminary drawings. And then right before midnight, one grand prize winner is going to be selected to win a pair of Taylor Swift concert tickets for Taylor Swift show at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington on April 1st. So uh, they'll also get $1,000 cash also by winning the grand prize. So Riverwind Casino, you've always got something happening there. Don't forget Beats and Bites is coming back for the summer. Be thinking about May 27th, opening night, 38 special in Blue Oyster Cult. Then we have in June. The Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum in July. Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and uh, Tracy Bird. And in August, Gary Allen. You can get your tickets online right now at Riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks a piece, and it won't be too long because they're in the final phase of those renovations right now. I talked to Justin the other day. We'll have some concerts coming back to the Showplace Theater. Get ready for Earth, Wind, and Fire coming very soon to the Showplace Theater. River, uh, theater. Riverwind Casino, of course. Uh, great sponsor here. They are simply the best. All right, Sooners win on the hardwood over the weekend, 74-60 over TCU. Tanner Groves on senior day had a big-time day, 23 points, 10 boards. Grant Sherfield had 20, uh, 20 for uh, Los Uzan as well. Oklahoma made its first six shots and never trailed in this game. And now Porter Moser and the Sooners go to Kansas City for a matchup with Oklahoma State in the nightcap. Uh, at around 8.30 Wednesday. It'll probably start a little bit later than that. But uh, Bedlam round three in the Big 12 tournament. And uh, Porter Moser pretty confident after his Sooners played so well over the weekend and uh, said this team is capable of doing some things in KC. you got to keep believing. got to find another path. Um, if we play, I told the guys to visualize when we've played our best. That's what I wanted this, this team to do. I told them at shoot around this morning, visualize when we've been our best because we've beaten some of the top teams in the country. We've competed against the top teams in the country, and and we were at our best. And I thought tonight there were a lot of times we were at our best. There you go. That is uh, Porter Moser and uh, Tanner Groves again. Uh, If you saw his press conference, got a little bit emotional playing his last game at the Lloyd Noble Center over the weekend. Uh, But he, too, said that he believes this Sooner team can go get some things done in Kansas City. I mean, we've, we've been in big games. I think that when we play the right way, we're a really tough team to beat. Um, you know, you saw it against TCU tonight, Kansas State a few weeks ago, and, you know, Alabama. I mean, we've, we've been in big games. We've lost really close games against really good teams, too. So it's like we're just right there. Um, and so, you know, like I said, man, you never know what could happen. So we're just going to keep, keep focusing on us, uh, get ready for the Big 12 tournament, and uh, keep working and get ready. There you go. Again, 8.30 Wednesday night. Uh, Cowboys seated 7th. The Sooners seated 10th. The winner will play Texas uh, Thursday at 6 p.m. in Kansas City. The Longhorns seated 2nd in the field. So, there you go. Look, I admire the optimism and the message. I admire the confidence. But let's just be honest with ourselves, Steely. And, you know, I'd love this to be the coldest take of all time. 
The Sooners aren't doing anything in Kansas City. One round at best, maybe. I, I, I can see him winning two games. You can see him beating Texas. I, Will they? You know, I, I can guess. see because they had Texas in trouble twice, right? The, Texas beat them by one point the mm-hmm. first time around and two points the second time around. The second time, of course, being in overtime in Austin. So, I can see Oklahoma winning two games. But here's the thing: this team hasn't won consecutive conference games all year. Yeah, and now you're asking them to win four in a row to get into the field of 68, it's simply not happening. Yeah, and uh, Oklahoma State's been a bad matchup for OU. I know that uh, Caleb Boone is not you know, totally healthy right now, and he has dominated Oklahoma inside. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. So we'll see what his status is going to look like in terms of he can get uh, healthier. I know he played minutes off the bench over the weekend, and that went in Lubbock. Uh, Caleb Asbury went crazy for the Cowboys uh, in that victory as they won at Tech 71-68. But again, Bedlam coming up round three, and that will be Wednesday night in Kansas City. Ready to get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Joe from Guthrie says, Parker just doesn't believe. He's a hater. Drew from Flower Mount says, is Parker a part of the ref hiring process? Does he shoot down anybody that works for another recruiting service? I'm pretty sure I'm the only one here that works for a recruiting service, if I'm not mistaken. So, I'm not a I part of the hiring correct. process, though. I have I have no say in who the ref brings on. I am just another hired hand, a hired gun, as it were, who simply sits here and talks about sports for three hours every weekday. I am not nearly important enough to have a say in the hiring process. Yeah, where's that coming from? I don't know, but... As far as not believing in OU basketball, yes, I do not believe in OU basketball. I'm not ashamed to admit it. They're the 10 seed in the Big 12 tournament. They haven't won consecutive conference games. I just want everybody to be mindful of that. Understand the gravity of what I'm saying. They haven't won two straight in conference play all year. They have to win four in a row to get into the field of 68. I would love to be completely dead wrong. I don't think I will be. This team is not making the NCAA tournament. No, I I wouldn't think so. But, you know, it's just been a crazy year. There's sometimes, man, it's like, wow, you know, they've had some unbelievable wins. There's no doubt about it. They've played in the toughest conference in the country. And uh, Porter's just got to get more good athletes in, particularly those who can play inside and then stretch it outside. But I, I will say this about Tanner Groves. You, you know, sometimes crazy fouls, sometimes he's overmatched. But that kid plays hard, plays hard all the time, and you have to respect that. It's just he's such he's such a streaky player, I suppose is probably the best word. He's either all the way on and he's really tough to contain, as you saw in the NCAA tournament two years ago when he dropped 35 on Kansas at Eastern Washington. When he's a non-factor, man, he is a complete non-factor. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. When he does not when he does not have the shooting touch, when he is not feeling himself on the hardwood, it is a long, long night for Tanner Groves. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get back there. Colin KC simply says Kellen Sampson. I I'm not sure where that came from or I think he wants Kellen Sampson hired, is what he wants. Okay. Would be my guess. Good. But Joe Castiglione isn't about to fire Porter Moser. I regret to inform all of you of this reality. If you don't, if you want Porter Moser fired, I'm sorry. 
It's not happening this offseason. Porter Moser, for my money, gets at least two more years. I think next year is a big year for him, though. I think uh, next year is a, a huge year for Porter Moser. So 405-651-3439. And basketball-wise, obviously, you've got another year in the uh, the Big 12. Yeah. And so. to me, that's that's just another reason why I think Porter has more of a cushion than maybe he otherwise would is because you have to have stability as you – endure all of the change that comes with realignment and changing conferences so you are what you're doing is you are adding a really good program houston to the big 12 for next year yeah that's happening so that again makes the conference even even more difficult than it is right oklahoma does have to play in that conference for a year don't they yeah they got to play Houston and UCF and Cincinnati. BYU isn't that good at basketball, yeah. to my knowledge. But now, it would be easy to go there and, and win in Provo. But uh, it'll be interesting, sure. And, man, the job Kelvin's done at Houston has been absolutely remarkable. Like I said, that program uh, has had a few moments since the days of Five Slamma Jamma back in the day with Guy V. Lewis and that crew with Clyde Drexler and Akeem Olajuwon and Michael Young and Cadillac Anderson, all those, all those great players. But he has done a phenomenal job. Somebody, somebody on the text line said, Porter is a Wilt Chamberlain or Larry Bird away from greatness. Aren't we all? That's it. By the way, I watched the uh, on Netflix, speaking of Wilt Chamberlain, obviously he had the rivalry with Bill Russell back in the day. I watched the two-part documentary on Bill Russell, and it was tremendous. And uh, I would recommend that to everybody. It's, it's about three hours total, but Bill Russell – just the man he was and how he transformed the Celtics. And they, they were not winning big until he got there. And then he wins 11 rings. And what he did was with the civil rights. And uh, he was just a stand-up guy. And uh, it's a fascinating – a lot of you probably know some of the story already, but it's really the interviews, what they have with Bob Cousy and Jerry West and, uh, you know, modern-day players talking about Bill Russell. It's on Netflix, uh, two parts, and it is absolutely phenomenal. All right, why don't we take a break, Parker? We'll stay on the clock right here. Clock management's what it's all about. Come back, get a few more texts in. 405-651-3439. How about the OU women's softball team? I think they're pretty, pretty, pretty good. Now 17-1. and Since the Baylor loss, they have outscored their opponents 89-5. to 40-6 this year against ranked opponents. Alex Sirocco, a no-hitter over the weekend. And the ranked team that was in Norman over the weekend, Kentucky, they outscored 25-1. to They're good. And I think everybody knows that, right? <laughs> so anyway, let's take a break, okay? Be right back. All right, welcome back. That's always, that's still a really good guitar riff right there. Barracuda from heart. All right. Uh, Sooner Weekly Update brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. You can contact them at 405-329-1940. How about uh, the weekend that was? Uh, OU softball team goes 4-0. OU baseball in the Frisco Classic. They lost the uh, last game of their three games there in uh, Frisco, Texas. They beat Cal, beat Mississippi State, lost to Ohio State 12-9 yesterday. They go 2-1. Uh, Sooner men's basketball team beats TCU 74-60. And the OU women 
win the Big 12 championship in Stillwater, 80-71. to 71. So it was overall a really good weekend uh, when you look at those results. By the way, a little controversy at the end of the women's game. The uh, Sooner women cut down the nets there and celebrated their Big 12 championship. And there was some whining about that. There's no crying. There's no crying in women's basketball. You, hello, as Herman Edwards said, you play to win the game. And when you win the game, you get the spoils of victory. Don't cry about it. Just win, baby. Al Davis, commitment to excellence. I, I Maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm out of the loop on how these ceremonies tend to go. But it does it does seem kind of odd to me to be cutting down the nets at Gallagher-Iba. Didn't Billy do that at Allen Fieldhouse way back in the day where they celebrated when they won, or at least they were holding up the – I think they thought Chew Kennedy was flipping off the crowd there, and he was holding up a ring finger like, oh, you was about <laughs> to win a ring. And they nearly had a riot. I remember my man John Brooks doing the postgame back in the day. The great John Brooks, and uh, he was like getting attacked by Kansas friend. Wait a minute, you know, you get out of here, you know, and it was it was crazy. But <laughs> Jenny B in the post game, and man, Jenny Baranchek has done a fabulous job, unbelievable. Okay, this is this is more clarity from the text line. They did not cut down the nets there; they cut down the nets. Okay, the so there was just a back. celebration. Okay. okay, thank you for the clarity there, because I, you know. I got to tell you, I was kind of out of the loop. I tried to stay in the sports loop as much as I could last week, but part of it was I just needed a mental break. But anyway, Jenny B was saying, we thought you know, there were boos that were all over the, you know, when the Sooners were out there celebrating. I guess they thought they stayed in the court too long because it was senior night or whatever, you know. Um, but Jenny B, we thought some of those, uh, we thought some of those were boomers. Come on, Jenny. I mean, you've done a fantastic job, but I don't know about that claim. I don't know what Steely watches, but there are tons of crying in women's basketball. There's a <laughs> lot of crying. Yes, it was. I was just going for a bit there. You know, I, I realize that. Yes, there is lots of crying in women's basketball. Patrick says, if you win, you celebrate. Get better, Aggies. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, so the Sooner women are the second seed in the uh, women's draw in Kansas City. Obviously, they lost to Texas twice, still tied him for the Big 12 regular season championship. So, uh, again, great job by Jenny Baranchek. I mean, you think about what Taylor Robertson did this year and uh, everything that team's accomplished. She has been fantastic. Somebody else on the text line said, that's why you do senior day before the game in case you get beat. And it seems it does seem weird not to do your senior day festivities before the game, doesn't it? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't want to be. There, what was the one? There was like a devastating OU senior day. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Was it all the way back to the Hollis Price era, where the Sooners had their senior festivities and they had a crushing loss? Somebody on the text line will remember better than I do. But yes. I think the boomer comment was telling you cheap. Probably, yeah, probably. Brad in Bartlesville says, it's okay, little sister is just as big a baby as little brother. Maybe. I don't know. It was just, uh, I saw the controversy after the Bedlam women's game. Details at 10. I was like, that's it? Okay, well, I'm trying to remember, I, I'm trying to remember if Billy... And that team cut the nets down somewhere. 
I know they had the incident at Kansas, again, that I talked about when John Brooks was doing the play-by-play where Chu Kennedy was holding up like a ring finger uh, and a couple of the players, maybe other than Chu, were holding up like their ring finger to, to show to the KU fans, hey, we got the ring, mm-hmm. and they thought they were flipping off the, you know, the KU fans, so they had nearly rioted that night. So That was back when Oklahoma won at Allen Fieldhouse, huh? Yes, yes. That was even before the Terry Evans win, way before the Terry Evans win. Okay, 405-651-3439. What else do we have happening? Air Comfort Solutions text line. Do the Oklahoma State girls have anyone that wants to portal to OU? <laughs> Heck, Oklahoma's building the pipeline straight to Stillwater. They got Kale Davis in baseball. They got Trace Ford in football. Just got to get a couple basketball transfers and you complete the, the cycle. Trace Ford is like, he didn't even seem concerned about that at all when everybody talked to him. And time had passed where I'm sure that he, uh, yeah, I I know, Brad. But uh, somebody was texting me is the problem. But I I think the way he answered that was just like, yeah, opportunity for me, you know. And, you know, he, you had talked about he initially had wanted to come to Oklahoma, didn't get that opportunity, and now here he is. But... Here you go. Crushing OU loss on senior night versus Texas in 2003. Hollis and Qantas last game in the LNC. Thank the festivities you. afterwards. Thank you. Go. I, I thought I remembered that, that there was a crushing loss back in the day. So, yeah. Might want to plan those before the game. Okay. Thank you to Last Year Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. We're going to talk Sooner football to start next segment next hour. We've got Jesse Crittenden coming up as well. He'll join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline here on a marvelous Monday. Spring has sprung. Stay with us here on the ref. Here we are, two men talking. Yes, how we doing? Man, Tom Petty is missed. What a legend he was. Soundtrack of, let's see, started my freshman year. And it ended until the man passed. Made some great music, though, didn't he? Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two, Mike Seeley, Parker Thune with you on a Monday. Hour number two presented by our friends in Paul's Valley at the Seth Wadley Auto Group Exit 72. You talk about selection, it's there. Cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles, and a big-time Hall of Fame first-class guarantee by Seth himself. Oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. 405-651-3439 in the Air Cover Solutions text line. All right, right before we go there, let's hear from Brent Venables when he spoke to the media last when they had that big media bonanza not long ago, right before I uh, went on vacation. Talking about the linebacker room. There is talent there. What about the depth? What does Brent think about the Sooner linebacker room right now? I feel like we got exactly what we need. Um, but, you know, and I, I think that's – you look at – like I do. Like, golly, we really can't afford an injury here. You know, if that happens, it's, a, to me, a different conversation. And it just the, – the margin for error is, is small there. But I love the group of guys. And we've made exponential improvement from where we were a year ago at this time. And I really like the group um, where we're at right now. Would you like um, a little more experience here? Absolutely. 
but it's not just experience, it's experience that fits your system too. You know, love, again, you get, we, we, we can't afford to, to lose anybody. Uh, that's just all I'll, I'll say, you know. I just don't think that that would be uh, good for us. So um, there's always a, an opportunity. If there's a, uh, if something like that happens, you know, we would look to, to try to, you know, support our, our position there, you know, through possible, you know, transfers, you know, after the spring. All right, that is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a brand new uh, location in the Tri-City area serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Okay, so do we consider Desan McCullough a linebacker? We do. Yes. Okay, so, you know, you Danny Stutzman, of course, coming back. Uh, you lose uh, David Aguebu. Uh, but you still have some talent there, clearly, at linebacker. As he says, depth is a concern, and, and maybe they maybe they will have some depth. It's just not proven depth right now. Who's another sleeper? Could it be a Kobe McKenzie? Could it be a Kip Lewis? Could it be a Sammy Omasigo? Bingo, you hit the nail on the head right there. You it's Omasigo for me. You're a huge Sammy Omasigo fan. Huge and have been, man. There's a reason that dude closed the recruiting cycle as the number four linebacker in America. It's because... <laughs> He's a heck of a football player and one of those guys that – and there are so many of these guys in Oklahoma's class. There's no better example than Jackson Arnold, but guys that just steadily and continually got better as their high school careers wound down. Guys that continued to refine their skill set, stay in the weight room, pack on muscle, and improve their lateral quickness, all the things that make football players special. All things that make football players uh, able to hold their own at the Power 5 level. These are things that these guys have continued to hone over the years. And they never plateaued as athletes. Samuel Masigo has certainly never plateaued as an athlete. He's never been content with where he's at. And that's part of the reason why he rose from mid-tier three-star status last spring to being a top 100 overall player, regardless of position in the entire country. So I know he's not getting here till June. I, I don't think it matters a whole heck of a lot, man. I think much like R. Mason Thomas last year, that's a guy that's going to show up to campus and immediately contend for playing time. Now, he's not going to start. I don't expect that. But if he's repping with the second team come opening day in September, wouldn't shock me. If these guys live up to their potential on the defensive line, and again, you look at what the Sooners are bringing in, with uh, Jacob Lacey and uh, Trace Ford and Rondell Bothroyd, guys like that, um, you know, that have made plays in good conferences. Um, and we think, particularly with Reggie Pearson coming aboard, that they've got a chance to be pretty good at, at safety. you got Billy Bowman, obviously. Who knows how much Peyton Bowen's going to play, but you can bet he's going to play some, no doubt. But would cornerback be the biggest – concern you think is that the one glaring area or what do you think and I don't know that it's a glaring issue that you're facing in terms of your cornerback depth but you know Woody Washington is going to start at one corner position you don't really know who the other starter is going to be could be Gentry Williams could be Kendall Dolby maybe Kanai Walker could be Makari Vickers I don't Mm -hmm. think that's out of the question that's a good you know and Kendall Dolby they need him to be the guy they think he's going to be 
Because when you bring in somebody from the portal, you're like, this is plug and play right here. Well, and especially not a JUCO saying, kid, right? Yeah. He's got two years. Not saying you're, not saying he's going to be a star, but you need him to be a good player for you, right? That's what you expect. Um, and I don't know. You talk about Sammy Omosigo. I think you like Macari Vickers about as much. Seatbelt. He looks like he could be uh, – be a player for Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, you never know as a true freshman what it's going to look like, but uh, highly recruited and uh, just has all the physical attributes you're looking for. And I think the hope needs to be Kendall Dolby is the one starting alongside Woody Washington because when you bring in a Juco guy with two years left to play at the collegiate level, and we're with a guy like Dolby, we're on the other side of the COVID exemption. He doesn't get a bonus COVID right. year. Right? He's just got two years to play. So you bring in a guy like that, junior college All-American, you expect him to, at the very least, be starting caliber right off the bat. If a guy like Gentry Williams or even Macari Vickers beats him out because they're just that good, then fine. But I think the hope is that Kendall Dolby shows up to campus and proves immediately that he is worthy of being a starting cornerback at the University of Oklahoma because you don't want to waste a scholarship on a guy that is only on campus for two years and doesn't really do anything in those two years that he is on campus. I don't expect that with Kendall Dolby. I think he's going to be an outstanding addition to this secondary, and I think he's probably my leader in the clubhouse to start opposite Woody. All right, directly to me from a text from a friend of mine. I actually will not reveal his name this time. But, Steely, did your week off give you some clarity? Are you feeling better? Are you moving along in the grieving process? Are you good with Mule Shoe now? No, I am never going to be good. I despise that rotten sack of feces. So the answer to that question is no. Have not moved along. Vacation did not accelerate the healing process, I plopped down my tent in Anger County, and I ain't moving for a while. 405-651-3439 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Wow, Johnny from UConn is out on Woody. He says, throw Gentry and Vickers out there. Get experience before the SEC. Did Woody have a good year last year? Was he did pretty, have, pretty inconsistent by his standards, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't say inconsistent. Just 2020 was spectacular. Woody Washington was fan-freaking-tastic in 2020. Now... 2021 comes around. He was kind of hampered by injuries, missed, I think, six games in that campaign, was still pretty steady. He was good in 2022. I don't think he was elite. I think you can make the case he was playing at an elite level in 2020. He did not allow a touchdown reception that year in almost 400 coverage snaps. That gives you an idea of what level he was on as a redshirt freshman. So, if the return to form for Woody in 2023 looks like that, then I don't think there's any question. Not only is he firmly established as one of your starters, but he's probably in contention for an All-Big 12 nomination. All right, I'm laughing at this one. I like it. From the uh, 405, very simple. Steely, what were dinosaurs like? <laughs> well, I can tell you this. See, I never left the cave. As I said, I didn't want to hunt or gather. I certainly didn't want to be out there with the dinosaurs. So I was the cave artist. I was the dude who did the cave drawings. That's what I said. You guys go out, hunt the berries, gather stuff. You're the hunter. You're the gatherer. I'm going to stay here, invent chalk, you know, with some rocks, I guess. And then I'm going to do the cave drawings. So we'll see you guys tonight. All right. Go out there and good luck. So I never went outside of the cave. There you go. Any surprises come out of last weekend in terms of the big recruiting weekend for OU? 
nothing I would categorize as all that surprising. I I was pleasantly surprised by how much progress OU made in the recruitment of Will and Winery. I'll say that. And Aaron in Tulsa says, PJ and Winery off the edges someday? Sheesh. Yeah, that's scary. That's a scary proposition when you're making the move to the SEC in particular. you got a five-star edge on one side and a five-star edge on the other. That'll play. That'll fly. Pretty good, yeah. Absolutely. Pretty good. And you would have, uh, what, two years for P.J. if he lives up to the hype. Um, and then uh, for Winery, you would have three. P.J. seems to me like a kid that's going to stick around and get his degree. If he can do that in three years, great. But I don't think it's out of the question that even if he is a guy with first-round NFL draft stock after three seasons, that he comes back for a fourth. But – Man, I guess that would be 2025 where you're looking at P.J. being a junior and Nguyenary being a sophomore. <laughs> That's a scary thought, Steely, having those two rushing the passer. All right. Uh, where From Camo Sooner, where is Uncle and is he okay? He takes a sabbatical after football season, and uh, he just told me, don't ask me where I'm going. I'm just going to kick ass and take names. That's all he said. So he'll be back in the fall. So, he didn't deal with the football season very well. I can tell you that. Okay, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Our thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group at Paul's Valley for sponsoring uh, hour number two here on Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We do have Jesse Crittenton joining us, Parker's new uh, colleague at 247 and OU Insider, coming up on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. That'll be happening at 135. When we get back, let's continue with our number one subject here, more Sooner football. We'll do that next right here on the Ref. All right, we are back. Jesse Crittenden coming up here in about 15 minutes, Riverwind Casino Hotline. You know one thing I don't understand? We play bumper music and we play uh, some of these off YouTube. Yeah. I don't understand why do 9 million people comment on songs on YouTube? I mean, this is a song by Muse right here, right? What's it called? Knights of, is that Sidonia? Is that how you pronounce that? You yeah. Know? Okay, scroll down and let's see what some of the comments are. Oh, boy. Here we because go. it's like. Steely, like, listen, you don't realize how many randos have nothing better to I, do with their lives. That's what I'm lives. trying to say. I'm like, this reminds me so much of when my 40-year-old mom got addicted to Guitar Hero and we all screamed when she cleared this on Expert. Interesting fact for those who aren't space nerds, Cydonia is a region in the northern hemisphere of Mars. Mars, of course, being all dusty is a cowboy's ideal environment. I always imagine this to be the song set to the opening of some epic futuristic neo-western animated series with laser gun hand canning wielding cowboys and a monocle wearing villain doing epic gunfights and stuff. This is the perfect song for a country-wide road trip while collecting pieces of uh, whatever. I'm like, who has time to do that? I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing, but... And I see, like, on a Led Zeppelin song, man, John Bonham really killed the drums on this one. This song's been around for 40 years or longer. And even if John Bonham killed the drums on this one, I, I don't know about you, Steely, but I'm not the type of person that's going to go to the YouTube comment box and type it. I love John Bonham's drumming here. I Who does that? 
And then, have you ever uh, written like a Yelp review or anything like that? I have never written a Yelp review. Who does that? Don't plan to. I don't get some people. I mean, I guess there's a lot of boredom out there. I just can't imagine writing a review on a song that's 40 years old on a YouTube channel. Uh, let's see. This song is annoyingly catchy. Not in a bad way. It's just that I've been playing it on repeat in my mind since Guitar Hero 3 came out. <laughs> Who cares? I love that you know what GH3 stood for, and I absolutely did not. <laughs> uh, we're, so, we're all weird in our own ways. I, I guarantee so, you there's somebody man. out there. I guarantee there's somebody out there that's like, this guy, Thune, he talks to 17-year-olds for a living. What a loser. This guy Steely, he streams Twitch. He streams yeah. Fortnite on Twitch from a casino. What a loser! Hey, I'm the senior Fortnite champion of the world. I'll have you know, the greatest geriatric of all time. <laughs> Old man yells at YouTube. Well, yes, but I mean seriously, who has time to do that? That's all I'm saying. Jesse G on the text line asks, Steely, any truth to reports that you were in SoCal interviewing for the afternoon drive time slot at WWJA The Jackass? Uh, I think The Jackass is already out there, and it's not a radio station. There there was much speculation on the text line as to your whereabouts this past week. I'll tell you where it was. A couch, a bed, a golf course, and some restaurants. That was about it. I just needed a little break. So not that different from your normal life, just minus this, is what you're telling me. Uh, yeah, I did stream three mornings. A little bit better numbers in the mornings, too. But, you know, and I did nap. I got my old man nap in. See, the folks on the text line were concerned that you might have been taking a personal week. Quote, unquote, personal week. I don't need personal weeks. I may sound like a wimp, but I'm not that wimpy. I mean, they, we they all were, need our mental health Listen, breaks. they were talking yes. about how much money you'd probably stand to make in the UCLA media market if you were to take <laughs> a job out there. California is not for me. I had a serious relationship with somebody who moved to L.A. We tried that, and I went out there every three weeks because you could Jeez. save. Well, you could save on the, the flights if they were three weeks apart. So, but, and it was like. Had to make a decision. Do I want to go to California or not and pursue that? And it was like, ah, uh-uh. no, not for me. Not for me. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And California if you, every three weeks. It was, well, I only did it like four times, and then that was it. Oh, really? So, okay. But still... Was this the Longhorn or the Aggie or none of the above? No, this was a Sooner, actually. Oh, okay. And uh, lived in a place that was probably about, you could see the old Capitol Records building from the window. Okay. Right there. So it was right over in that area. But it just that, I could not have dealt with that. I just couldn't do it. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, I'm a person who texts a radio station all day because I'm obsessed with Oklahoma football. Plenty of people think I'm weird for it. Yeah, but here's the deal. We're live people right here. You know, I mean, I'm barely alive, but uh, Parker's got uh, a lot of liveliness in him and a lot of information. It's not like we're just some song sitting here that's been around for 40, 50 years or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. I mean, this is a an interaction. You can't interact with that song. I guess you're interacting with other YouTube subscribers. I get it, but there's a difference, in my opinion. What did I shoot at the course yesterday? A nine over. 
Oof. It was for bad. nine or eighteen. For nine. Ugh. Started well, out with a that's... double, and then the second hole was a double too. Okay. Well, at least it got better from there. And it, yeah, but it it might have been actually like thirteen over. Listen, if I'm being honest, there is there is no shame in playing bogey golf. The majority of the population cannot do so. That's true. But man, I've lost my swing, no doubt. I can hit, I can, uh, you know, if I'm within 100 yards or so, an approach shot, stuff like that, I can, putting wasn't even good yesterday. And I know nobody cares, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but it was just bad. It was really bad. Who has time to play video games on Twitch? Well, that's a business. That is a business that makes money. I just got a text from one of our listeners. This is astonishing, actually. Okay. No crap. I used to play Guitar Hero professionally for two years on the pro gaming circuit. Really? Wow. See, I liked Guitar Hero for a while. Um, it was fun. It was a good uh, party game or whatever. Rock Band was a little too much, but uh, that was a, those were fun. I, I I can imagine there probably was some money to be made out there as a professional Guitar Hero player. I. There's a lot of gaming stuff that's been going on for a long time now. So, anyway. I guess people are mad at me because I'm making fun of the YouTube people. I just don't get it. I look to each their own, I guess. I don't know. All right, 405-651-3439. Guy says, Steely, there's a Morgan Wallen song that parallels your old love life. I don't love you more than my hometown. <laughs> oh, man. That was a long, long time ago. I mean, a long time ago. That was, golly, 20, almost 30 years ago. Steely is the epitome of sooner born, sooner bred, and when he dies, he'll be sooner dead. Well, if I don't start eating better, that uh, the latter part of that statement could be happening down the road. I've got to get off the hostess diet. I've got to get, uh, I've got to like, you know, the exercise again, stuff like that. It is not good. I need to go get a physical, all of that stuff. All right, 405. Steely, if you could go back in time and play a sport for OU, what would it be? Hmm. Well, I was decent at football. I was better at basketball. But, uh, I mean, I, I could have, you know, either one would have been good. Um, but I would say probably, probably basketball because basketball practice was more fun than football practice, in my opinion. That's understandable. So who would your contemporaries have been had you played basketball at the University of Oklahoma? Oh, wow. Like Wayman and Chew Kennedy and Tim McAllister and David Johnson and Joe and Dave Seeger were my, you know, when I was a freshman there. So, yeah, about when Billy was going to get it rolling. About when Billy was about to get it all rolling. Colin Claremore says, just turned on the radio. Have we talked about Parker's balls yet? That we have, and believe me, once the 2 p.m. hour rolls around, we're going to be talking about my balls for an entire hour. Yeah. And Nonstop. Will Winery, the news is good so far. And that would be a that would be a huge defensive get. And I'll probably be dropping another pair of balls later this week as well. Just hmm. a little teaser okay. for all of you. Okay, as we go to a break, uh, Tyler from Kellyville. Steely, what is your gaming console preference? I'm PS4 Pro. I'm still waiting to get a PS5. Second question, what's your gamer tag? It is M 
Steelman. That's it. M. Steelman. Uh, okay, we'll break right here, and when we get back, we do have Jesse Crittenden to join us. We'll continue our uh, conversation, talk a little sooner basketball and football when we get back. Hey, uh, listen, Steely, I just want to, before we get to a break, I want to emphasize this. There has never been and will never be a gaming console superior to the Nintendo GameCube. Anyone that has played the original NFL Street mm-hmm. on the Nintendo GameCube, I, I, I don't know how you move on or upgrade from that. It's a pretty fun game back in the day. Still got a GameCube at my house at home and play it regularly. You need- the, the issue is I, I struggle finding people to play with just because it's so obsolete. You need to get to most a, of the a Nintendo Switch because that's a great system, too, because you can put it on your TV, your big screen, whatever, and you can play it handheld. It's pretty awesome. There you go. Somebody needs to get Parker a Nintendo Switch. Okay, when we get back... Jesse Crittenden joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. That's next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Here he is on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. The one, the only Jesse Crittenden. Uh, Last time I was here, I was, uh, did I introduce him as being from the Norman Transcript? I think probably so. I think that would have preceded his uh, new employment. That's right. Uh, OU Insider, 247 Sports. Has there been any hazing early? Is there an initiation process you had to go through there, Jesse? Uh, with all the guys that you're working with now, including Parker, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not allowed to talk about it too much. But Parker and uh, and Brandon Drum have been absolutely brutal. It is. Uh, it has been a, a, a tough few days. Uh, absolutely kidding. It's been. It's been honestly great. Uh, I, again, I really appreciated my time at the transcript, but I've I've long admired what Parker and Brandon have been doing, and, and when the opportunity came. Uh, available. I had to jump on it and to continue doing a lot of what I have been doing, covering OU athletics. It was uh, it was too good to pass up. The last couple weeks have been great. I've really appreciated all of the kind messages and words and feedbacks feedback I've gotten. It's it's really been great. Here's the important question we have for you on this Monday afternoon, Jesse. Have you ever played the original NFL Street on the Nintendo GameCube? Because I will affirm and continue to posit that there is no greater gaming experience than that. I, I have, actually. I grew up um, not only with a GameCube, but a Sega. Um, that's what I grew up in, with in my household. And, yeah, NFL Street, I, very, I have very vivid memories of, of growing up and in, inviting my friends over after school, and that was always one of the games in the rotation. To be honest, they don't, uh, they don't make games like that anymore. I, I, as as much as games have developed and graphics have gotten better and, and gameplay, all that stuff, sometimes you can't really beat the classics. And uh, I, I certainly hold that one in in, uh, in high esteem. Dude, you know, I grew up on, like, Tecmo Bowl, and I can remember just the X's and O's football games we used to play in the arcades. We had the, the balls that you had to spin. That doesn't sound very good, but people of <laughs> my age know <laughs> – <laughs> no. Hello. They know what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. You had to rub your balls a certain way to make the players go in a certain direction. Kind of like you're doing, Parker, right now. That's what you're doing. Oh, my but, goodness. Um, <laughs> so the graphics now are unbelievable on the games, and it's it's very, very spatial. Anyway, all right, um, enough video game conversation. But I want to know. What do you set? Uh, what kind of chance do you have the Sooners to finally get a win against Oklahoma State, Bedlam, 
uh, round three coming up Wednesday night. Caleb Boone's situation, certainly he has dominated OU in the first couple games. He's been uh, hurt, trying to get back, get healthier. What kind of chance do the Sooners have uh, Wednesday night at 8.30? Yeah, that's that's been the – I mean, I think Oklahoma may be the most confusing team uh, in the country, at least in, in the Power Five, because, I mean, there are legitimately moments where it looks like, I mean, hey, this is a real tournament team. This is a good team. They've got they've got good stuff going, and then there's other games that they're playing uh, by far. Uh, I mean, not not up to the the standards of a tournament team. And so, I actually think this is pretty interesting to have Bedlam in the first round because Oklahoma State is a team that's kind of had a season like OU, and on paper and and resume wise, there's really not much of a difference between the two teams. But Oklahoma State, for a lot of reasons has been a really bad matchup for Oklahoma. I think, I mean, Oklahoma State obviously swept the regular season series. And, yeah, you mentioned uh, Caleb Boone. Uh, Oklahoma State's length in general, I mean, the, the two games between the two teams really haven't been that close. So I actually think, I mean, I, I remember last year where OU was kind of in a similar spot, didn't have, I mean, I don't. I think people had already kind of counted them out. And before you know it, they beat Baylor and and they make it to the the Big Twelve championship game and probably should have beat Texas Tech before you know eventually losing by one point. So I actually think I mean it's one of the things about basketball is there's so much variance in a in a one game sample size. And if you look at the field, OU has had moments against every team in the Big Twelve. They should have beat Kansas uh, on the road. They probably should have beat Baylor at home. I mean, you can look at all these teams, but I actually think in some ways Oklahoma State is maybe the worst matchup for them. So uh, it's been a really tough year. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't blame anybody for for not putting much too much stock into OU heading into the tournament. Uh, it's not a great matchup, but I think if they can get past Oklahoma State, I think that's a, a real major hurdle. If they can get past that, who knows? This team kind of is playing with nothing to lose. They know people are counting them out. They know they have to win the tournament uh, to have a chance at the, at the NCAA tournament. So um, who knows? But, I mean, it, they, they made a run last year. They can get past Oklahoma State. Who knows? Well, let me ask you this, Jesse. It, one of the things we talk about, it seems like, at this particular juncture in the calendar every single year is in the sport of basketball, you, know, you get down to these conference tournaments and all these teams have seen each other at least once, usually twice, and it's very, very difficult to beat the same team twice in the same season, let alone three times. Oklahoma's second-round matchup would be against Texas should they get past Oklahoma State. Texas nipped the Sooners by one point in Norman and by two in overtime in Austin. If the Sooners get a third crack at the Longhorns, is there reason to believe that they can get over the hump that time? No, I I absolutely agree, and you're right. I mean, it's it is it's really hard. I mean, it's even why, like in the NBA, I mean, you really don't see a ton of uh, a ton of sweeps. I mean, it it doesn't happen that often. It's really hard to be even if you have a better team. It's really hard to beat a team three or two, three, four times in a row. And again, I don't even. I mean, I think that's that's a part of it. But I also think again, part of why Oklahoma has been so confusing. I think you look at that that regular season series against Texas. You can make a legitimate argument, oh, you should have won both those games, uh, particularly the one in Austin a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that's a game that I think they kind of let slip away. So that's not to say, you know, what it could have, should have. Good teams find ways to close games. They find ways to win when they're not playing well. But, um, again, I mean, I really think 
that's what's made this Oklahoma team so confusing. I think every, I mean, pretty much every team in the Big 12 except Oklahoma State, OU had at least one game against a, a team that they probably should have won. And I actually think they match up with Texas pretty well. And again, probably should have won both those games in the regular season. So yeah, uh, Oklahoma State is a major hurdle. Their size really bothers OU. But I actually think I think if they were if they find a way to get past Oklahoma State, I think they feel confident going against Texas. Not that they don't respect Texas, not that they think they're not good, but I think OU feels the same way. They should have beat Texas uh, earlier, and I think if they found them, if they're able to get past Oklahoma State, that would be more momentum. Obviously, they got the win against TCU on Saturday. That's even more momentum, and I think they would head into that game thinking, I mean, hey, why why can't we beat them? Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline in this Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on The Ref. All right, uh, you were over there. You've been around the locker room. You got a chance to go to the media bonanza lately. You saw what it was like last year at the end of the season. When you're in that, you know, in the offices over there and you're talking to the players and the coaches, do you sense anybody being downtrodden or less than optimistic after six and seven? Or are you still sensing – hey, you know, this is just the first step. We're still on the right track. What's what's your sense of, you know, the atmosphere there when you're there? No, I think particularly from the from the, the incoming players, I haven't gotten that sense at all. In fact, I think I've gotten the opposite. I mean, I've asked – I mean, I asked more than one player basically that same question, including Jackson Arnold. And I know that's a question he's gotten before, but I thought Jackson Arnold's answer really stood out to me. I mean, he said – I mean, he didn't – he didn't try to sugarcoat it. He said, yeah, last season was really disappointing. It was it was hard to watch. There were games OU should have won. There were mistakes that they made that, that um, were, were particularly frustrating, especially late in the year. But I think the thing that has kind of offset that is that, one, I think the incoming players really do feel like OU, uh, I think they feel like the team probably should have finished with a better record last year and that there were – uh, you know, avoidable mistakes that were made. I think that's one. And I think, but I think two, I think they feel like they can come in and, and they're not trying to change their culture. Not, they're not trying to change anything. I think they see some of the mistakes that were made last year and some of the games they lost. And they, I think that's motivated more uh, a lot of these incoming players to come in and, and want to make an impact right away and, and turn the ship around. I think so I think it. I mean, I think it really increases their motivation because I, I think a lot of them think they can come in and and play right away. And I think you you have to like that mindset. And I think number three, they still believe in Brent Venables. I don't think that I don't think that six and seven season last year has done anything, um, particularly for the new players, to discourage them at all about Brent Venables' vision. And I think, I mean, it, it's you know obviously it's hard to know exactly what's. Uh, you know what's media speak and things like that, but I think the the thing you can look to is the 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 class really didn't break apart at all. They stayed together. They, I mean, Brent Venables was able to build on it and and bring one of the better classes OU's had in in, in recent memory. And I think if you talk to any of the any of the new players, they'll say, I mean, they're they're all in on Brent Venables' vision. Um, and instead of instead of trying to change, you know, turn things around in the sense of changing a bunch of things, I think they think they can add to what Brent Venables and OU is building. Jesse Crittenden, ladies and gentlemen, and now again with OUinsider247sports.com. Jesse, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on. You're welcome. You're welcome. Jesse Crittenden joining us. Uh, you know, Parker, I think we I, – I, you know what I think what? We made Jesse a star, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, I think we did. We should get 10% of his – well <laughs> – 
Can we tell Brandon? Is Brandon paying? Who's who's signing the paychecks over there? Well, uh, that's a great question. It's not me. That's all I know. So, can we get ten percent of everything Jesse earns? Is that possible? Ten percent each, or ten percent is split amongst the two? No, of us? each, definitely each. Okay. I mean, okay. I'll see. I'll see what I can negotiate. Okay. Yeah. Talk Good thing that we established today is that Jesse is an NFL Street guy. Yeah. An NFL Street OG. Well, you're his. You're his. Uh, the colleague real ones know. You're his colleague, so just ask him. You can go directly to him and say, hey, Steely and I want 10% each. Are you good with that? And he'll, I'm sure he'll say yes, right? Maybe not. Depends on his perspective. Does I need he- to start a Ponzi scheme <laughs> is what I need to do because, you know, by the time I really got good, solidly Ponzied, you know, and got started collecting money, from people yeah start collecting then, money for quote-unquote nil even contributions if, even if i went to prison it'd only be a couple years and i'd be out you know i'd be history so by the time they might not even find out that i'm doing the ponzi stuff until i'm like hey you know what 68 that, and i'll be history by then you know pretty quickly maybe that can be your retirement side hustle you know work for bernie madoff for a while for a long time he made off with everybody's money so what he did what a good guy Bernie Madoff was, right? What a great guy. Okay, we're going to take a break right here, and uh, we'll get to as many texts. Thank you, 806. I see you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's good to be back. Who's this? I'll bet Parker $7 that David Stone goes to A&M. Oh, I'll double it. there you go. 14 bucks. There you go. Take it or leave it. All right. See, people just they are scared of that A&M money, that Aggie money, still. Okay, stay with us. One more segment to go. Thank you, Seth Wadley, Auto Group in Paul's Valley. We appreciate you being along for the ride every day here at 2 o'clock here on The Ref. Coming right back. One more segment to go. Keep it here. All right, Ref Army, don't forget, next Monday, 12 to 7 p.m., Buffalo Wild Wings and more. Our 68-team giveaway teams will start to be given away at 2 p.m. We'll be there kicking off the festivities from noon to 2 here on Steel Man and Thune on the ref. Make sure you get out there, Buffalo Wild Wings in more. We are a week away. Riverwind Casino, thank you uh, for all you do for us here at the Ref. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games. They've got the best bars and dining, the amazing Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet with uh, steak night and seafood night, big-time brunch, great food around all of that. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, a tremendous food court, new member seven par- uh, program, new patrons who sign up for a wild card can win up to 100 uh, pardon me, $450 in one day. $150? It's four fifty. Uh, great promotions as well. The twenty k countdown to concerts promotion is going on now through March eighteenth. Earn one entry for every five points on your wild card. Then be out at Riverwind on Saturday, March eighteenth, between seven p.m. and eleven thirty p.m. They're going to award twenty thousand dollars in cash and bonus play. That's just the preliminary drawings. And then at just before midnight, one grand prize winner is going to be selected to win a pair of Taylor Swift concert tickets for her show at AT&T Stadium in Arlington on April 1st, plus $1,000 cash. We have Beach and Bites, the Outdoor Concert Series coming back. Uh, everything begins May 27th, 38 special, and Blue Oyster Cult will start the festivities. Also brought to you by Coop Ale Works. Then in June, we'll have the Gin Blossoms Tonic and Soul Asylum. July 8th, 
Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, Tracy Bird share the stage, and then August 26th, Gary Allen. It's going to be big time. It is going to be big time, and you can get your tickets online right now at riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks a piece. All the great food trucks out there, great craft beer. Bring your folding chairs. Bring your appetite. Bring your ears from some great music uh, that will be emanating from the Beats and Bites stage beginning May 27th with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. All right, let's get to as many texts as we can. By the way, anybody else want to make a $14 bet about David Stone's ultimate destination? Somebody tried to bet me $7 at the end of last segment that David Stone ends up at A&M. I said I'll double it, so I got $14 on the line right there. Anybody else want in? Hmm. Open season. There you go. Um, Dean Choctaw asks, Parker, what's with Dylan Riola getting fonged to mule shoe in USC? Well, that's just – like, that's a five-star recruitment. There's going to be a lot of ebb and flow. The way I see it, Dylan Riola does not end up at USC. And he may commit there. I don't think he signs there for two reasons. One, I don't think Muleshoe is the coach at USC long enough to coach Dylan Riola. You're and still also, thinking NFL. Still thinking NFL. Riding Caleb Williams' coattails. Because, again, this has been my – and call it a conspiracy theory. It it pretty much is. But my conspiracy theory is that there's going to be some team in position to draft Caleb Williams number one overall next year. And you know that any team in position to draft a kid like that number one overall was bad enough the previous year that they just fired their coach. So I would be willing to bet that whoever has the number one draft pick next year, 2024 – obviously that selection is going to be Caleb Williams. Barring injury, there's no question in anyone's mind that he's going to be the top pick in the draft. With that in mind, whoever's got the top pick is going to know by season's end that they've got the top pick. They're probably going to be moving on from a coach. Who are they going to look to hire to pair with Caleb Williams? How about the guy that – Yeah, exactly. How about the only coach he's ever had at the collegiate level? See, I could get less angry at Muleshoe in the NFL. Muleshoe at USC, I mean, he's still a rotten sack of you-know-what, but uh, particularly USC because OU's history with USC is problematic. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think I can mi- might advance past the anger stage if he goes to the NFL. Just saying. Okay, you're getting a lot of wins. Somebody from the 405 says a thousand bucks stone, and uh, Will will not be at OU. Okay, so you're saying neither of them come to OU, or one of the two don't come to OU? Because my willingness to accept that bet varies greatly depending on the specifics. If you're telling me that neither of them end up at Oklahoma, I'll absolutely take you up on that bet. If you're telling me that Oklahoma doesn't go two for two. I'm less willing to make that bet. Uh, in the 704, I don't know how OU football will do next season. I think they will be one of the better teams. What I do know is that I'm voting no on state question 820. I don't know what that is offhand. I don't pay enough attention to politics. I Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I hate politics. I hate it. I hate with all caps politics. Hey, guys, just tuned in. What have I missed? Says a listener in the 918. Well, unfortunately, you missed all but 90 seconds of the show. 
There's a crystal ball uh, that is out there that's a big one, and I'll just leave that as a tease again, if you don't know yet, for the opening part of Locked In. Yeah, come back with us at the top of the hour. It's a big one, I'm telling you. Gargantuan size. And uh, Parker talked about his love for NFL Street on the Nintendo GameCube. Dang right, man. Again, the real ones know. There is no more addictive video game experience if you're a sports junkie than NFL Street. That's the only video game that I can legit sit and play for hours and not get bored or tired of, Steely. There you go. Oh, okay. That's the one. Huh? All right. Gotcha. I just, anytime I hear the P word, I just like, pfft, don't even want to He's talking it. about politics, by the way. Context was somewhat lacking there. He was talking mm, about politics. Yes, that's right. A20 legalized cannabis. What in the wide, wide world sports of cannabis? Is that a fruit or what? We got to get out of here. Locked in up next. <laughs>